Good morning, and I trust that you all had a, a really blessed Christmas day and a nice relaxing day yesterday, which was Boxing Day. Now, this morning, I want us just to have a look at a little passage in Matthew's Gospel. It's Matthew chapter 2, and it's verse 11 through to verse 18. So let's just start by reading that together. So it's Matthew chapter 2, starting to verse at, starting to read at verse 11. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their presents and presented him with the gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where they stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said to the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity, who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, Weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this, the part of the Christmas story, as we look at it this morning, that you will just speak to us through these words, that we might hear your voice, as we bring these things before you, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, on Christmas Day, um, we looked at the journey made by the wise men from the East, who, with what little knowledge they had about him, set out on a journey to find him. First of all, they knew that he would be born in Judea. Secondly, they brought with them gifts, gifts that were fit for a king. Thirdly, they came with the intention of humbling themselves before him. And fourthly, God was leading them. I wonder how much people will have learned over these past few weeks about the birth of that one who is the king. Well, people will have seen the manger scenes, uh, very often depicted on some Christmas cards, sometimes outside of churches, or maybe even sometimes in shops and supermarkets. They will have heard the carols played, and they would have been played over the loudspeakers in the supermarkets. They would have heard the carols sung by choirs, maybe on television, or maybe out in the street like the Salvation Army, receiving gifts which is part of Christmas. 
and they would have heard the name of Jesus mentioned, as it was in the Queen's speech this year. Now, these few introductions to who Jesus is could be for some people the start of a journey that will lead them to knowing who the baby in the manger is. Not knowing, or not just knowing, that his name is Jesus, but knowing him for who he is. There could even be someone listening to this this morning who doesn't know the truth of who Jesus is. And if that's the case, by listening to this, it would suggest that you have a desire to know more. And like the wise men from the East, you're on a journey to finding out more about Jesus and who he is. In our passage this morning, God is at work. He's at work in the hearts and the minds of these wise men. And God is doing the same work today in the minds and the hearts of men, women and boys and girls. I want us just to consider at the moment a word from Paul as he spoke to the church in one of his letters, the letter to Rome. And he's reminding us that it is God who is at work. At work by the death and the resurrection of Jesus and by the work of the Holy Spirit. And this will bring salvation to those who are searching for truth. You see, Jesus came to save people from their sins. And it's all of God. Listen to these verses from Romans 8. It's verse 1 through to 4. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. What that's saying is that salvation is all of God and what he has done and through what Jesus has done. Now, we have our part to play as Christians. We are there to proclaim the gospel. We are signposts towards Jesus. But salvation is of the Lord. And you know, God works in ways that we may not understand. He was working in the hearts and the lives of these wise men from the east. And maybe they didn't fully understand everything that was happening to them. But they had faith and they trusted and they followed they followed the signs. They followed and continued in the journey to finding out about who that king really was. So, let's read on in Matthew's Gospel. And I'm going to read uh, verse 11 from Matthew chapter 2. This is the wise men. 
On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Take notice of that. They came with the purpose of worshipping him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. We notice here that they recognised this child, uh, not as a prince who was going to grow into a king, but as a king, one who was already a king. And the gifts that they brought spoke of his deity, they spoke of his priesthood, and they spoke of his death. You see, God is at work here working in the hearts and minds of these magi from the east. Gold, well, that is a gift worthy of a king. Frankincense. Frankincense is that which was burned at the hour of prayer, signifying that the prayers were going up to God. This signifies and speaks of the priesthood, and Jesus is the one who is the mediator between God and man. And myrrh is probably the most unusual thing to give to a child. It speaks of death. So this is telling us that Jesus is the one who is the Lamb of God. Even then, at his birth, these things were recognised by these wise men. King priest and perfect sacrifice how did they know these things well because god was leading them they may not have fully understood but they were faithful to his calling as was joseph as we're going to see in a few moments so let's continue in matthew's gospel matthew chapter 2 verse 12 and this is speaking um here now to the wise men and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod they returned to their country by another route what we have here is another example of faith in action trust and obey God was leading them God was guiding them and they followed the way that he was leading now at this point in Matthew's gospel the narrative changes and we go back to Joseph, verse 13. When they, again, this is the wise men, when they had gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. It's a great deal of urgency here. It's a great deal of danger. A great deal of fear, I should imagine. The wise men are told to avoid Jerusalem and Joseph is told to take his family and immediately escape from Judea and to go to Egypt. Let us not lose sight of how troubled and dangerous things were at the time of these events. The journey to Bethlehem. Well, the reason was because a foreign ruler wanted the names and addresses of everyone in the country. 
Why? So that he could have greater political control and also to make sure that everyone will pay their taxes. Circumstances had meant that Mary had to give birth to her son in a barn. There was nowhere else. But they'd now found a slightly better accommodation. They're in a house. Maybe things were going to get better. But they didn't. <laughs> they were living in a country occupied by the Roman army. Now they had become refugees and had to flee to a neighbouring country because the power-hungry despot Herod, an evil man, we know that from history, had threatened the life of their child. This was not an easy start for the journey that they were on. Let's read on in Matthew verse 14. So he, that is Joseph, so he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt again. This is faith in action. Joseph didn't question it. He didn't spend time thinking about it and weighing up his options. He heard God speak. And because of his faith, he went into action. Great lessons for us here, isn't it? Well, let's go further into Matthew and read verse 15. That they're in Egypt. This is what it says. Where he, that is, Joseph and his family, where he stayed until the death of Herod, and so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet out of Egypt, I call my son. Again, we have the evidence of the prophets and of prophecy being fulfilled. We go to Hosea and we read in Hosea and it's chapter 11 and verse, verse 1 of Hosea. And what we read there is when Israel was a child, I loved him. Notice it's the singular here. I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. This is speaking of Jesus and its prophecy fulfilled. Spoken by Hosea many hundreds of years before it happened. So back to Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 2, verse 16 through to 18. When Herod realised that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. Our voices heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Again, this very thing that is happening was prophesied again hundreds of years before it happened by the prophet Jeremiah. You can go to chapter 31 and you can read it in verse 15 of Jeremiah 31. It's exactly those words. This is what the Lord says. Her voice is heard in Ramah, mourning and great weeping, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. You know, this Christmas, for many, it has been a time of disruption. A time of uncertainty. A, a promising future that will be different from what many of us expected. 
that it would be. For some it's been a time of sorrow and distress. This Christmas that we've been reading about, the first Christmas, was very much the same as the days in which we live. Mary, Joseph and Jesus, for them, their Christmas was not a time of ease and tranquility. Their Christmas was the fulfilment of prophecy. But it's also the continuation of God's promise, a promise that was made, made with you and me in mind. Yes, it was. All this so that the gift of Christmas would arrive safely, that the gift might be offered to all and that the gift might be accepted and that it might be used to our benefit and to God's glory. You know, when we talk about these things, that one verse always comes to mind. That's probably why it's the most famous verse in the Bible. It's so applicable when the gospel is mentioned. It's John chapter 3, verse 16. I'm going to read verse 16 through to verse 18. And you'll see the relevance here as it relates to the things that we've been looking at and relevant to the days in which we live and for the days to come. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. What about us at this time of year? Well, I think there'll be many people who will say things like, ah, well, that's it. Christmas is over. I'm glad it's out the way. You know, Christmas is never over. For us, we are either on a journey walking towards the next Christmas or on a journey walking away from this Christmas. Two different journeys now. <laughs> Let me explain what I mean. First of all, the journey towards Christmas is for those who have not yet accepted the gift of Christmas, who over the next year, hopefully, will be walking towards next Christmas, maybe not knowing who Jesus is, but who will be offered an opportunity to find out who Jesus is, hopefully before the next Christmas comes. This, this morning, is one of those opportunities. This could be you listening to this today, walking towards next Christmas, but walking without knowing Jesus. Secondly, 
Those who will be walking away from this Christmas with the gift of knowing that Jesus is their Saviour. And who, in possession of that gift, will be able to enjoy it over this next year. And who are looking forward to when Jesus returns. And I pray that this will be you listening to this today. Just to sum things up this morning, as we're still in this Christmas period, and you've probably been uh, opening your presents today, if you hadn't already opened them yesterday, and hopefully you'll be beginning to use them. Gifts are given with the intention of being used. I'm sitting here at the moment in front of my computer with my Bible on one side, and on the other side I've got my mouse. Now this mouse is one of my gifts this Christmas. You see, this is a new Bluetooth mouse that I received yesterday. I've opened it, I've connected it to my computer, and I'm already enjoying the benefits of it. I've also received some new books, and I'm really looking forward to reading them over this these next months and this maybe throughout this year because I've got quite a few of them. And I've also been given, now listen to this, a wireless connector for my electric guitar and my amplifier so I don't have to have a lead between them so I can walk around while I'm playing it. I'm looking forward to using this this year, providing the neighbours don't start complaining. You see, these gifts have been given to me this Christmas so that I might benefit from them. And the gift that God has given at this Christmas was given for the same reason that we might enjoy the benefits of it and also that others might be blessed and that God might be glorified. And I'm going to finish this morning with just one other verse. It's Romans 6, verse 23. And this covers the whole subject, I think, of what we've looked at this morning. This covers both sides of the gospel. The side of not accepting the gift, but being on a journey, and to where that journey will lead if you do not accept the gift. And then the acceptance of the gift, and being on a journey with that gift, and rejoicing in the benefits of that gift. This is the verse, Romans 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's who Jesus is. He is Christ Jesus. And he wants to be Lord of your life so that you can avoid that second death and have eternal life. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you again for your word, for these few moments that we've spent around it. And we look to you for understanding. We look to you for guidance. And Father, we just pray that all of us who are listening to this this morning will have accepted that wonderful gift, the gift of your Son, the Lamb of God, 
who takes away the sins of the world, including our sins, when we trust in you. And we ask these things in his name, the one who is the king, the one who is the mediator who stands between us and God, and the one who is that perfect sacrifice who gave his life in order that we might live. And we ask all these things in his precious name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>